Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, hello. I am so happy to be back and telling you more about Africa. I've decided to record all of the Africa episodes in a row so that that world just lives in my head as I tell you these stories. It was an unforgettable trip, and we were so, so privileged and lucky to have the chance to go there and have all of the resources that allowed us to see so many things and be in so many different parts of that part of the world. So we were in Kenya and in Tanzania. And this part today is us crossing over into Tanzania. So we arrived at 10.30 and we spent an hour handing in forms at customs. After that point, we drove on with our new tour manager, Bjorn, who was a Norwegian, our new driver, Ali, and a woman named Patricia Melman, who was in Tanzania researching jackals. She told us many fascinating stories and kept us wonderfully entertained until we stopped for lunch. Then on to Lake Manyara National Park, and our tented camp. We only arrived in time for a short afternoon game run. The park is much more of a Tarzan-type forest with lots of baboons. We also saw a wonderful hippo pool with lots of action, big yawns and lots of bellowing and a couple of scuffles. We had an incredible flame-cooked dinner in our mess tent, and now we're curling up in our mattresses in our cozy little two-woman tent. We've been promised that we'd hear lots of scuffling and snorting, so we'll see. And that night, we were just in a, what is a regular tent with a zipper that closed us in. And we actually did hear things walking all around our tents. And we were like, oh my God, what's out there? And will it come through the side? And what's going to happen? And we swore, we were like, there must have been lions. There was growling and such. And the next morning, we were told that a pack of hyenas had been through the camp. And they could tell by the tracks. No lions, but definitely hyenas. Ooh, so scary. We went out that morning for a drive before breakfast, and we saw a beautiful sunrise over a canal that leads to Lake Manyara. We saw a beautiful dark brown Maasai giraffe, and Ali said that they just develop brown hair like that like any person. It's not like a different species. That morning, we also stopped at a craft shop, and Mom bought the place out. It was crazy. She loves these piles of human beings carved out of dark brown wood. They're these incredible sculptures that the people make there. We also bought a beautiful one of two giraffes who were in a spiral twisting around each other. So gorgeous. Then on to our drive to go to Olduvai Gorge for our picnic lunch. When we arrived, we had a guide tell us all about the gorge, most of which I already knew from my anthropology class at BU. We then had our cheese sandwiches while sitting on the edge of the observation rim and wishing we could go down inside and see all of the digging sites, but there wasn't time. 
We walked around the museum and said where they have good casts of all of the finds. Outside the museum were a group of Maasai, an old woman, some men, and a couple of small children, and a dog. We wanted to take pictures of them, and we were told we had to pay them. Oh, I kind of feel like that's sad, but I understand it. Mom also left them with Polaroids, which was really fun for them. We left for the second half of our long drive to get into Tanzania. We were driving through the Serengeti Desert. It was vast and arid with almost no animals, and so I read my book instead. We finally got down into the Serenera River Basin where there was more vegetation, and this is where we were going to camp. We took a short game drive and saw two beautiful lionesses and a sick hyena who had a ripped lip. But then we watched for a while and there were other hyenas and a pack with adorable puppies. We got back to camp just in time for a glorious sunset. The next day we got a late start. We didn't get out of camp until 8 o'clock and by that time we got petrol at the nearby Serengeti Research Institute. It was almost 9 o'clock. We saw a pride of 10 lions under a large tree, all adults. We got to get quite close and got beautiful shots. Then we saw two other cars that were after something. We went over to see what they were looking at and saw a lion who had made a fresh kill. It was fascinating. His mouth was red with blood and he was crunching loudly on bones. We would have continued to watch for a while, except for that the people in the car next to us were some really New Jersey housewife types, and they were exclaiming loudly with every crunch, Oh God, Madge, did you see that? Look at his mouth. Oh my God, I hope I got that shot. Ali was laughing, and we were disgusted, but we also had to laugh. Finally, however, the lion himself got pissed off, and he ran off. I got a great shot of him running away with the bloody carcass in his mouth. We reached the Ngorongoro crater at about 3 o'clock. We stopped at the edge to take some pictures, and some Maasai warriors came up the hill towards us. We asked if we could photograph them, and after giving them their fee, we set them up by the edge also. They loved the Polaroids, and they let us take as many shots as we wanted. The crater is amazing. It's a huge hole, 10 by 10 miles, that was formed like a reverse volcano, down instead of up. Inside, it's like a veritable Garden of Eden. There's an alkaline lake in the middle with thousands of flamingos. We watch them for a long time. They fly beautifully and they land very gracefully like some Fantasia ballerinas. The vegetation is lush and there is forest all around the edges of the floor of the crater. Hence, many kind of animals find it a great place to live. It contains a group of the last surviving rhinos. and We saw three of them. First a lone bull, and then a female and her calf. I got very sad when I was seeing them and thinking about the monsters who hunt them and chop off their horns. We also saw three lions who were sleeping on their backs with their feet in the air, just like the dogs. I can hear them now, outside the campsite. There are two mating couples just nearby, and they are making loud pleasure noises. We are at another beautiful campsite under an enormous tree. There's also another group of campers at the other end. They're nice enough, but they've got the area staked out with a huge American flag, and it would be nice to leave that behind for a few more days and still be in Africa. We got an early start the next morning to get in a pre-breakfast game drive. Now, I must be getting a little better at getting up at ungodly hours because Mom said I was almost angelic in comparison to other mornings. Hmm... It was unusually cold this morning, and the wind was blowing, which added to the chill. 
The sun was just coming over the top of the crater as we drove out onto the floor, but we could only see it for a few minutes before it disappeared over the thick cloud cover. The best sighting of the morning was a lioness with two tiny cubs who were only about three weeks old. We sat and watched them for a while, and we got to hear the adorable little squeaks that they make when they call their mom. She was very patient and gloriously majestic. But I must say, we are getting rather jaded, as all the beautiful gazelles and strutting secretary birds all seemed like old hat. Jeez. We came back and had a copious breakfast, and then we set out again with full lion bellies for more viewing. On the second drive of the morning, we took it very easy. The clouds were still over, so the photography wasn't as good, and consequently we just sat back and watched for once. We saw lots of zebra, waterbuck, buffaloes, and a few lions. At 3.30, we went for our last game drive in the crater. We were searching for the rhino again to take one last look. We certainly won't see him anywhere else. After at least an hour of driving in circles, we spotted two cars close together. Sure enough, they'd found it. It was the same female with the calf that we'd seen yesterday. What a nice last view. I hope they stay safe and live long and happy lives. Our farewell to the crater was one last view of the flamingos. We drove up fairly close and I got out and ran to the edge of the lake to scare them all into flight so mom could film it. They were beautiful. Now we're back at the camp for dinner and we head out for Namanga at 6 a.m. tomorrow. The next morning, we saw some bold vervet monkeys. One of them, a female, climbed right up on the hood of the car and stared at Chris. He started making faces at her, and she got very angry and slapped the windshield and then jumped off the car in a huff. A baby monkey came over to her, and she suddenly lashed out and attacked him. He screamed and screamed and finally fled, but she hurt his leg. I guess she had felt like a fool on the hood of the car, and she took it out on someone smaller than herself. So sad. Child beating in the animal world. Very depressing. On the last night, it was almost a full moon. What a sight. We woke up at 5.30 in the morning and quickly dressed and gulped our coffee. We had to head out of the crater by 6 to make our lunch at Ambaselli. On the way back past Manyara, we stopped at the same craft shop that Mom had bought out on the way up. The proprietor practically welcomed her with open arms. I gave her a lot of grief for being an ultra-capitalist. It was funny, though. Chris was laughing. As we were pulling away, the man was waving, and Mom remarked how nice he'd been in giving her a gift. She'd also given him a pen in return. I said, of course, Mom. You're like his patron saint. <laughs> she loved it. We had a long drive to Namanga. Ali helped us go through customs, and then we looked around for the rhino safari's car. We transferred all our bags and numerous souvenirs, and then said goodbye to Ali and Chris. They've both been very good company and very interesting guides, and we were sorry to leave them in Tanzania. Chris said the next time we come back, he said, you and your husband, to me, we should come to Ruaha and be his guests. How nice. Our new driver's name is David. He drove us right to Ambaselli, where we quickly put away our things and dashed into lunch. It's a very nice lodge, run by the same chain as the Sambur River Lodge, but it's more commercial than them. There are lots of people here, many Germans. We took a short swim in the pool. It was ice cold, and we were told it was fed from a spring underground. After my swim, I took a luxurious hot shower. After being intense for a few days, that was quite a deliciousness. 
We went on our afternoon game drive, and it's very different here. It's completely dry and incredibly dusty. It's all the volcanic ash from Kilimanjaro. We can see the mountain, but only the snow-capped peak of it, as the dust forms a thick haze everywhere. It makes for cool photography, but it's not the most beautiful reserve we've seen. There are huge herds of zebra here, and we even saw three rhinos, but the best part was the elephants. We saw a very tiny baby and a mother with huge tusks. She was agitated about our presence, but the baby insisted on nursing, and finally an ant came over to protect the baby from us while it continued to feed. What a lovely sight. Later on down the road, we saw two elephants who were locked in battle. Their tusks were clashing each other, and they slapped each other with their trunks. Finally, the taller one turned tail and ran. As he was walking away, he strode right beneath Kilimanjaro. I snapped an amazing shot. I also had a heyday with the sunset. It was a gorgeous orange disc, and a gnarled tree had positioned itself in the perfect spot. Later on, the zebras even obliged me and stood quietly grazing beneath the blazing red sphere. I was in heaven and soon to be leaving. This is our last night in the wild. Tomorrow night we're back in Nairobi, and then the next night we leave. I have loved every minute, and I am forever grateful to Mom for an incredible experience. I hope I can bring my kids here someday, but perhaps when they are somewhat younger than I am now, so that they can grow up with this wonderful knowledge of animals that I have just newly acquired. To finish this off, I'm going to leave you with something funny, which is a plaque that I saw on the wall of the Serengeti Research Center that defined various kinds of government. Socialism. You have two cows, and you give one to your neighbor. Communism. You have two cows, and the government takes them and gives you the milk. Fascism. You have two cows, and the government takes them and sells the milk. Nazism. You have two cows, and the government takes them and shoots you. Bureaucracy. You have two cows, and the government takes both of them, sells one, milks the other, and pours the milk down the drain. Capitalism. You have two cows, and you sell one and buy a bull. <laughs> That was very funny. Africa certainly provided me with a whole new perspective and new ideas about the broader world. It was eye-opening and life-changing to be there. And it's very different from seeing animals in the zoo. It really gives you a glimpse into what the earth must have looked like before human invasion. <laughs> you know, before the human beings became the dominant species was a beautiful way to see the world. And I hope that our world survives human beings. All right, a little wistful there at the end, but thank you for being with me and thank you for listening. And tomorrow we're back in the United States and on to life, <laughs> such as it is. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.